0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 5, Episode 21. As the New York Rangers continue their winning ways, whether by hook or by crook, not always pretty, but always getting the results in the end. As they rattle off back-to-back wins in the same weekend against the Nashville Predators on the road and the San Jose Sharks at home. And despite it at times in both games looking like losses, the Blue Shirts come away with four points on the weekend. Hey everybody, Andy here once again coming at you solo. I know I had mentioned in our last podcast that James is a little surprise up his sleeve and he will hopefully be back with us shortly. But... Uh, I had a pretty busy weekend as I went to a wedding yesterday where luckily it was a, a later wedding and the Rangers played earlier in the day, so I was watching a little bit as I was getting ready, putting a tux on for a black tie uh, affair before heading to the venue. I was able to watch most of the game on my phone at points on the, the bus over to the venue. I was trying to take a look at the score and... um. You know what? Yeah, let's, I guess we'll just get right into it. Obviously, the Rangers start off this away and home back-to-back weekend on Saturday against, in Nashville, against the Nashville Predators. Uh, now, you'll remember the Nashville Predators were one of the Rangers' most, I think it was their first really disappointing loss of the season, probably their worst game they played this season at home, was a uh, a pretty ugly loss to Nashville and out of the gate, Nashville comes out on the hot foot, puts the Rangers on their heels. The Rangers can't really do much of anything, generate much of anything. Nashville basically takes it to them and ends up scoring two goals in the first period off of broken plays. And it's it's funny. I think a part of why the Rangers have trouble with the Nashville Predators as opposed to some of the other teams in the National Hockey League is I think with their new system, Nashville plays a game where it's not a... I wouldn't say it's very much a transition game, which kind of feeds into the Rangers neutral zone or suppose a neutral zone (laughs) defensive structure. Uh, But instead they play a pretty, they press high. They play a very stout, small area game, which kind of forces the Rangers to, instead of being able to use their constant movement as a a five-man unit to kind of slog things down for other teams... Uh, they they want you to kind of just come to them and or when you're in your own end and defending, they want to suck you to the boards and just try to get everyone standing around as opposed to the constant movement that helps the Rangers open up their the flow of their team game. Uh, they're a pretty big team. They have some big bodies, some rangy and stout, uh, both both forwards and defensemen. And yeah, they're they're a gritty team. So I think it plays against the Rangers' strengths a bit, but long story short the rangers end up down to nothing uh going into the second period apparently as he's done a few times this year peter labulet basically tells the team helps the team reset basically gives them tells them what everything they should be doing and what they're not doing they go out there and they're able to get a quick goal in the first uh, minute i believe it was the first minute and 30 seconds of the second period off of a beautiful feed from vincent Trocek and you're going to hear this a lot in this podcast, to the captain, Jacob Truba, who had snuck down from the point to the side of the goal. And then the Rangers have some life. And for this next, much like Nashville won the first period, the Rangers pretty much won the second period, although they score that goal, and the next goal belongs to, uh, the next goal is actually a shorthanded goal for Nashville off of yet another kind of broken play. the rangers just a little over aggressive and then just on a breakaway uh igor gets beat but so now it's 3-1 nashville but the rangers they they don't let it deter them it doesn't take the wind out of their sails they keep pushing they're able to get uh two pretty quick goals you know one off of a power play and now the game is is tied and you're you're basically square uh and it's important to preface that obviously with the Capococco injury. Johnny Brodzinski has been called up by the Hartford Wolf Pack. He has a tremendous game. You know, it's hard to know what to make of Brodzinski because he's had plenty of stints with the Rangers in the past. And you think, you know, he's basically one of those, like, plus AHL players where he's one of the best players in the AHL. It seems like he's almost at times too good for the league. And then when he comes up to the NHL, he has a hard time making an impact but you know what you're getting with him is that he's got a hard shot, although in the AHL it's deadly and in the NHL it's hard, but it's not like he's you know filling nets or anything. But he's a plus skater. He's very fast. He's got some good speed. And he's good at pressuring with his speed. So that can be useful to a team like the Rangers that, although their lack of team speed is kind of, well, I'd say their lack of individual speed has kind of been mitigated by peter lavulette's system that keeps a little bit more constant movement so the rangers are always kind of more in the flow of games it's not as start stop where they're getting kind of just blown by other teams because they're constantly have to work their way up there's always some movement by some player and, and players already uh regrouping and hooking her up the ice early but brodzinski gives them some good four ch- speed on the forecheck, check especially when you have some slower players like wheeler and Benino in the lineup but um, Johnny has a great night. He's got, he got. I think he had two assists on the night. Uh, he flip flops Trocheck and Zabanajad on their respective lines for a bit. Brodzinski gets some chance playing up as Wheeler kind of gets moved down from the top line. And it yeah it works. It seems to spark so the Rangers' offense. They get some pretty good, well, some pretty lucky bounces. I'd say, but you know, Kreider gets a nice power play goal off of a double deflection. Where he bats, he kind of gets the first chip and then gets to bat it in the net. The uh, Trocheck was everywhere this game, and he uh, ends up with a three-point night. He has a beautiful deflection. And he makes that early pass to Trueby. Was I had mentioned a few minutes ago, and like I said, tied going three-three uh, going into the second intermission. Rangers are able to score fairly early into the third period off of a lot Ryan Lindegren uh, seeing-eye shot that I think ricochets off uh, a Nashville player's skate. And, yeah, the Rangers are able to kind of weather the storm. Igor, despite maybe wanting one or two of the goals against back, probably the shorthand, the first goal and the shorthanded goal, although technically one's a breakaway, one's off of a broken play. But plays amazing. He kind of keeps the team in it. It should have been, honestly, 4 nothing in the first period, so... He's able to stop the bleeding a little bit by making some key saves, and he's able to hold the fort for the rest of the game for the Rangers. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't their prettiest. And like I said, I think there's Nashville's a hard matchup for them stylistically, but they don't – the Rangers kind of just have been very good at resetting themselves when things don't go well for them this year, which I think other teams you can see in the National Hockey League, much like the young New Jersey Devils who just lost to the San Jose Sharks, they have trouble when things aren't going their way. They really have a hard time getting back on task. But the Rangers, a few times this year, um, they've been able to rally themselves in intermissions in the locker room or, hell, even when Peter Laviolette uh, has to call a timeout, which he's done I th- now tw- twice, to my knowledge, during play, and which is different from Gerard Gallant, who hated calling timeouts because I think he thought he might need it for a challenge later. But... I think Lovillet's smart enough to know that if I need to nip this in the bud early and we can he just knows seems to have a good idea of how to refocus and reset players and I think his staff does a good idea, job explaining what wh- how they're deviating from their structure cuz I think sometimes as players you have to imagine you're so close to the game you're in the flow of it it's kind of hard to take the the long the grand view and the long view and you think you're maybe doing something but Uh, Just everyone being reminded by what their details are and being basically told, look, your chances are going to come, but you're pushing and it's it's, you're basically abdicating your responsibilities within the structure of the team. So we need to get refocus and get back to that. And it usually works. And it worked uh, twice for the New York Rangers this weekend. So, yeah, like I said, they're able to pull out the win, uh, a pretty impressive road win. They get outshot, but... um, are able to come out of Nashville at two points. And they have a quick turnaround as they as the Nashville game was at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the next day they have a game at 6 p.m. Uh, on Sunday. I'm recording this right after. Uh, and yeah, not a lot of rest time. and this, uh, you, So you just knew going into this game against San Jose, they were going to be tired. And I had my suspicions that they wouldn't be super sharp. And I was right. And I guess for context, we know the San Jose Sharks have been and were projected to be one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League this season, but you'd be surprised to know that uh actually I'm gonna I should pull it up, the San Jose Sharks. I as I had mentioned, they beat the New Jersey Devils the other night. And despite their what were they? Oh seven to start the year, but um in their they in their last uh what, in their last five games, they have wins over the Canucks, the Washington Capitals, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they lost to the Bruins. They got shut out. But, uh, you know, they're starting to come back on a bit. And, you know, they had a win over the Blues the week before. So despite their horrendous start and how bad they've been, I think they're starting to... I think they've clearly been underestimated and underrated by some teams. And I think that there was a little bit of an initial woe is me for a lot of the players on that team just to get adjusted to well look this is a situation wherein this team is clearly rebuilding you have a Tomas Hurdle who's now kind of they've had some injuries I think Couture's out Uh, Tomas Hurdle's basically been left to to lead what's left of this team you have some players kind of there on a Show me type. Maybe you can make more money if you light it up on a under gun team like Anthony Duclair, who looked amazing against the Rangers. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that after I, I talk recap this game against the Sharks. Uh, and, but I think now that the shell shock has worn off and they've, they've gotten a little bit healthier. They got uh, Bar, what's his name? Uh, Barbanov back, uh, who also looked pretty good. You know, they and they mentioned it multiple times on the, the broadcast. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna get into it. So yeah, the Rangers open up, uh, their game back home against the San Jose sharks. And, you know, it's pretty back and forth. I think to my, the Rangers look a little sluggish and as to be expected, and they don't look as sharp and they're a little bit slow to read and react to pucks, but obviously they're the more skilled team. They get, uh, they they string some passes together, but um, the San Jose Sharks are able to come back on a the, the Rangers get caught pressuring a little too high, kind of much like the shorthanded goal <laughs> against in the Nashville game, and who else but of course former New York Rangers draft pick Anthony Duclair basically is able to get a breakaway on Jonathan Quick. Makes a nifty little move and stashes it, and the Rangers find themselves pretty early in the first period down, one nothing. They're able to get one back on their power play that is continues to be among tops in the league. I still believe they're, I think believe they're either second, still second, or they're third in the NHL right now. And you just think, okay, obviously the San Jose Sharks, they're going to press just because of their record in the last few games where they can have a chance to turn things around right now. They've gotten a little bit more confidence as they've gotten healthier. They've had some success versus uh, a pretty, you know, they had some success versus the New Jersey Devils, but, and they're playing a tired Rangers team. And you could tell that was Bolton board material material by David Quinn, basically saying this team played yesterday. They're going to underestimate us. So just skate and play them hard. And honestly, from my eyes, that's what they did. They really were diligent with their forecheck and in their board battles and they just they battled and they were there and yes they they lack just the overwhelming skill that the rangers can have sometimes, and their ability to just and poise to make plays in small areas and just catch pucks at speed and in transition but when they skate hard and they are just they just never stopped and I'll save everyone a lot of time because with the play-by-play, but it was basically tit uh, tit for tat in this game, and that the Rangers would score a pull ahead, and then uh, they would San Jose would come back and get one. At one point, tying it up, I believe it, at three-three they tied it up. Uh, Panarin, despite the Rangers' struggles, Panarin has an awesome night. You know, he's got he ends up with a hat trick in this game and an assist for a four-point night makes some pretty good defensive plays. Uh, he's honestly, and that to let you know how maybe poorly defensively the New York Rangers play in this game, is that Panarin was one of their better defensive players in this game, which is should not be the case because he's Artemi Panarin. And yes, you like to see effort, but when he's your best defending uh, forward, you that's a big problem, you know what I mean? So, But the Rangers are ultimately able to just string enough plays together to defeat the San Jose Sharks by a final score of 6 to 5 uh at one point the Rangers were up 6 to 3 and of course they just take their foot off the gas and just have some piss poor defending in their own end and San Jose is able to get two goals in quick succession Labulet uses one of those all important timeouts like I (laughs) had mentioned earlier and the New York Rangers are able to protect the house and protect Jonathan quick long enough to come away with the regulation win and another two points. And they're so far a impressive campaign as they basically bounce right back into first place in the NHL. Uh, as after this game, they they have uh, thirty seven points. They've played twenty three games, which, like I said, puts them at top. The right now, obviously, the Rangers, the Boston Bruins, and the, uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights are basically between the three of them. They're jockeying for that first uh, in the NHL position on any given night. The Bruins beat the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight, so they are technically tied with the Rangers in points. Although the Rangers have one less game played than them and they are ahead of the Golden Knights who, like I said, have uh, 36 points, but have played two more games than the Bruins and three more games than the Rangers. So, yeah, it's going to be essentially those three teams jockeying for position for first place, but the Rangers continue to lead the NHL in point percentage and separate themselves from the rest of the teams in the Metropolitan Division. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York, 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkngcom hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. Yeah, so like I said, the New York Rangers separate themselves from the rest of the teams in their division. Carolina has found their way back into second in the Metropolitan. Uh, both the Rangers and Carolina have 23 games played at this point, but. Carolinas in second place with 29 points. The Rangers now with 37. So basically eight points ahead with, uh, say, no games played. And the Washington Capitals still kind of maintaining that third spot. Um, Although I believe they lost the... uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Washington's playing... Nope. Um, Yeah, they lost 4-1 to the aforementioned Vegas Golden Knights. Yesterday, so again, not perfect for them, but I think it's a surprise that both them and the New York Islanders are in a playoff spot right now in the in the wild card. It just kind of shows that every team in the National Hockey League is pretty much dangerous. It's a goal scoring league at this point in time. I mean, the dead puck error is over essentially. Uh the three to two average game. That we basically saw post lockout until probably 2019 2020 season. It's it's scoring's way up. I feel like every if you look at the the scores for games, it's like it's not. It used to be un, It's like whoa, a five goal game. That's a lot or six. Uh, here, just just here are the the scores for uh, December second. The Dallas Stars basically blow the Tampa Bay Lightning's doors off 8-1, final score. Winnipeg Jets beat the Chicago Blackhawks 3-1. New York Rangers beat Nashville 4-3. Uh, the Islanders beat the Florida Panthers 4-3. The Canes beat the Sabres 6-2, a 5-4 OT game for the... The Detroit Red Wings, a four to three sh- uh, shootout win for the Philadelphia Flyers over the Penguins, a four to three overtime winner for the Bruins over the Toronto Maple Leafs, a four to one win for the Arizona Coyotes over the St. Louis Blues, a four to three shootout win for the Anaheim Ducks over the Colorado Avalanche, a four to three win for the Vancouver Canucks over the Calgary Flames, and a four to one win for the. Uh, for, yeah, for the, the Vegas Golden Knights over the Washington Capitals I had mentioned. So a lot higher than year because years ago it was basically like three to two, three to one, two to one, two nothing, you know, one nothing, a lot more one nothing games. But honestly, it's like four seems to be the magic number in the National Hockey League these days, which is, yeah, pretty crazy to think about. And it's like, you know, I think if you, if your goaltender gave up three goals, there used to be something there was, you probably would grounds to pull them, but it's just shooting talent is so high right now. And every team can put pucks in nets now. So I think that's why defensive structure is not that defending is never, is, is not more important. That's always been, but uh, it's just, you have to really try and mitigate Momentum, and I think that's what why the Rangers are the best team in the league right now is because they are the most consistent with their game plans. They are not perfect by any means, and I don't think there there is no perfect teams in the National Hockey League. At least in, in this year, I think in years past it seemed it seemed like the Boston Bruins were a perfect team last year, and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's not kind of maybe like Henrik Lundqvist. It's not so much about the highs it's more about just the baseline and the rangers it's not always pretty and it, that seems to be their superpower it's that they kind of look the same playing the national predators as they do the san jose sharks where some teams are so affected by their matchups and if it's a good night for them they win a game you know like seven to two and they're feeling great about themselves but then there's also things where it looks like a fire drill in their own end the rangers just kind of play the game that's in front of them for what it is and kind of react to the swings and the ebbs and flows of the game and they weather storms and they they get the results and I think that's kind of like their superpower this year and why they are they they have good enough goaltending and they have good enough special teams on both sides of the puck to to help facilitate that for them you know so but yeah I'm not pretty at times but the New York Rangers get it done, and get four points uh, to separate themselves from the pack. Oh, and I, as I had mentioned earlier, they, the Rangers have called up Johnny Brodzinski. He gets another two points in this game as he gets moved up with Panarin and, or excuse me, he gets moved up with Kreider and Zabanajad, and has been effective and, like I had said, as considered kind of like a plus AHL scorer. It's just, he clearly wants to stick with this team and Hopefully he continues to use his assets in a pretty simple way. I think he should work well with Kreider and Zabanajad because unlike Wheeler, I think those two are, they like to play a cycle game, but they don't necessarily like to be the puck retrieval guy. And I think they had success last year with Frank Vitrano, who is now one of the best goal scorers of the NHL. But because Vitrano is a guy who also had straight ahead speed and would do a lot of the at least four check work for that line. So it should be a good fit, and uh, I believe in the post-game interview with some of the Rangers' beat writers, Brodzinski had mentioned the second goal the Rangers scored tonight was off of Kreider basically telling him earlier in the game, if we get a chance, just if you get enough puck, just rim it back, and we'll start to create from there, and he did that, and the Rangers, yeah, they basically get their second goal in that fashion. So, uh, yeah, it should be a much better, maybe more fruitful pairing than having Wheeler up there, who's... Despite he had a little point streak going there for a bit and was looking good, um, he just, yeah, just has looked slower <laughs> recently. So I think it's at his age, it's going to be a lot of that. So he moves down. Brodzinski moves up. And Mika Zabanajad, who started the season really slow for his standards, is in one of his hot streaks right now. He has a goal and assist tonight. And I believe he's at a six game point streak, seven game point streak. I forgot they said it on the broadcast. But, yeah, he remains hot. He's skating with a lot more confidence, making more plays out there at even strength and on the power play, which is what you want for him. But he's always been that. He's been feast or famine kind of guy. And when either everything's going in or nothing's going in for him. But, uh, yeah, it's it's good for the Rangers because it does seem like, although Panarin remains hot uh, and Trocheck remains hot, I think Lafreniere has cooled off just slightly. He took a, he didn't look all himself this game, but he did take, uh, he was a little banged up uh, after the game against Nashville. The Rangers did call up Anton Bleed in, I guess, in uh, as an extra option for this game in case one of their forwards couldn't go. Gerard, uh, Gerard, uh, <laughs> Peter Laviolette wouldn't say who was banged up in the pregame interview with the media, but I think based on how Lafreniere was wincing after the last game and he looked in discomfort. It could be him. So you hope that doesn't continue to plague him. But he's young, and hopefully he can heal up quick. And he did make some good plays in this game and had some near chances. So and he had a, a he's been shooting the puck more, which is a good sign for him. So I think he had another five or six shots tonight. Uh, so yeah, like I said, not pretty. And you know, what? kudos to San Jose, man. They they have beaten some teams recently, and they're feeling themselves. They're getting back to it. And like I said, there's every team in the National Hockey League is dangerous. And yes, they don't maybe don't have the top end talent to compete with the contenders in this league, but they can beat any team on any given night by outworking them. You know, they worked the devils in their own end. They pressured the Rangers who were lethargic and slow at times, who didn't want to felt It honestly looked like they didn't want to just skate sometimes to contest pucks and defend. So uh, and yeah, clearly they made it uncomfortable for the Rangers and closer than it probably should have been if the Rangers were really on their game, but that's the that's the National Hockey League uh, the Rangers live in now. You know what I mean? You have to be careful and attentive every night because see, if you have off, you get embarrassed by teams that, and that's funny. I think the Rangers have been more dialed in. The Rangers have looked more impressive in their games against tougher competition because they have had it circled on their calendar. And then when a team like San Jose or the, the struggling Sabres come in, it's a, it's a tough sledding for them. So, but it is what it is. Uh, the Rangers continue to get points, but like I said, up top by hook or by crook, and it's hopefully going to pay dividends for them uh, towards the end of the season. Cause if they do go in, a, in a, a slump, they haven't slumped yet, but if they do slump, they'll be thankful. they have, at least been able to bank so many points early on i had mentioned also that anthony duclair was very impressive in this game and he's a name obviously it's known that the ranger's right wing depth is lacking this season between the copo kako injury and his struggles early on and blake wheeler clearly just being a step behind the player he once was that they need an answer basically to play as maybe as impressive as Johnny Brunzinski or Jimmy Vc when he move moves up the lineup has been, you ultimately want a, a essentially a top six talent to play up there. And honestly, uh, and this was echoed by Vince Mercogliano, Rangers beat writer on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the, the hell you call it now. But Vince uh, says, by the way, Duclair has been a notable presence on the ice all night. He looks like a possible right wing trade target for the New York Rangers, except that his $3 million uh, cap space would be difficult to fit, given their increasingly tight cap situation. So, yeah, I mean, the Rangers with Heedle and Kako and IR, it really hurts their the projection of their cap space come the trade deadline and Duclair making 3 million would maybe not seem like a good fit. However, though, we do know that San Jose Sharks GM, Mike Greer is very good friends with New York Rangers, uh, general manager, Chris Drury. Obviously Mike Greer was working under Chris Drury as until what, two seasons ago. So, those two, you have to imagine, talk a lot. There are two teams that are basically on opposite sides of the spectrum. One is trying to contend to win a Stanley Cup. The other is rebuilding. So there's a fit there. They, they're they in different conferences. So it's not like you're, you would be trading within your conference or anything like that. So it's, it would seem on paper that the stars would align for that to be a nice fit. Uh, obviously, seeing Duclair blossom although it did obviously take some time after getting traded from the New York Rangers when they were competing during the Lundquist era. It was always... uh, I always liked watching him blossom into a a very effective player, you know, eventually with the Florida Panthers, you know. And then he had some stops along the way in places like Ottawa uh, where he was effective. But yeah, obviously really coming to his own in Florida. So yeah, I mean, honestly, a... er, reuniting with the Duke would I think would be awesome so but again like Vince says a lot of a lot of cap implications that could make that difficult but um yeah that would be that would be awesome wouldn't it as I'm recording this I'm just now seeing a quote from Johnny Brodzinski in credit to uh Johnny Lazarus on Twitter another Rangers uh beat writer uh for the hockey news and uh Bleacher Report. I think the first time in my career, or I think that this is the first time in my career that the coaches are trusting me right away and putting me in a position to succeed. I think that's the most beneficial thing that I've had so far. So basically yet again, here's another indictment on maybe the previous uh, coaching staff here in New York. And I will say this, I think it's uh, a lot of times it's kind of scary trying to turn the keys over to younger players, to rookies, to journeymen, that sort of thing. You you basically, the fear of the unknown, right? It's a pretty common thing in all facets of life. Uh, but but here's the thing. It's like what the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And Peter Laviolette has basically come onto this team and has just empowered everyone up and down the lineup. Everyone, everyone on this team has been empowered. Uh, and obviously, there's such a thing like it's—it's it's obviously impossible to have every single player on the team going at, at the same time. Just not possible. It just—it's not going to happen no matter what. There's always going to be someone who's going to probably get the short end of the stick. But it, he's always been fair. He's always been transparent. He's always been communicative and like for instance uh jimmy vc not getting not making the opening night roster despite having a good showing for the rangers last year but by all accounts he was very communicative with jimmy that he was going to get his chance and the second he puts him back in the lineup he puts him in position to succeed and gives him power play time at times and builds his confidence up and you know jimmy's been one of the most important players for the Rangers as of late. He's got Vinny Trocek playing in almost every situation. Number one faceoff man in the NHL. Defensive zone draws. Um, obviously, he's on the power play. He puts certain guys out there when they need it. Uh, at the end of this game, he he put Lafreniere on for the final draw, even though maybe their Rangers have some better defensive players in their lineup who were probably healthy and ready to go, even though they're nursing a one goal lead. And you ask yourself, well, why would you do that? Uh, And that's because I think Peter Laviolette is a coach that understands the long view as opposed to just the, the easy short view in that. Yeah. You have better defensive players, but you want Alexi Lafreniere being defensively responsible and being attentive to that to become the best player that he can be. And, by empowering him to say, hey, I'm going to trust you to play good defense out there and hold on to leads when we need it, especially, I think, when his line had been guilty of a little lackadaisical defending earlier in the game, that's good coaching. That's empowering. That's teaching. That's mentoring. And that's the biggest thing that was lacking last season, I think. And But Peter Laviolette has got it in spades. He just knows what buttons to push and when. And uh, that's huge for players confidence in this lineup hence why the rangers when certain guys are going cold they're getting contributions by certain guys who or other players who are yeah who were maybe looking for their confidence a bit and they get rewarded by lavulette saying you know what here's your chance and then when they feel it's their chance and their time to shine they are able to i think that's gonna do it for this one uh obviously the rangers they have to may they may have to make it to tuesday they have a road game against the senators and and then they're off until Saturday and they can rest and reset a bit. I know for them recently it's been uh, probably a bit of a tiring last few games just with quick travels and quick turnarounds and that and not looking sharp and not looking their best, but they've found ways to scrounge when they've needed to and get points when they out of seemingly impossible situations. So we know that Ottawa's really disappointed this season, but that doesn't mean they're good. They'll see their old pal, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, who is definitely going to score on them because that's just the rules. If you're a former Ranger, you're going to score on them. So, uh, And Ottawa's a team that's given them trouble in the past, especially with Brady Kachuk and how... Uh, basically how much of a bully he can be. So the Rangers need to be ready for that physicality of a pissed-off Senators team that should be better than they are. And, yeah, so just basically they're just going to have to weather one more storm and then they can find the time to reset themselves but it's going to be a tough challenge on tuesday but as we've covered on this podcast it doesn't have to be pretty it just has to be effective